your weekly fix of Asian music. This is Asian Pop Nation. You're listening to Asian Pop Nation on Sin 90.7. We've got an exciting show lined up for you tonight. We're going to be talking a little bit about a new mint chocolate toothpaste that's being introduced in Korea. We're also going to be talking about complaints directed towards a particular Korean cosmetic brand and their sustainable paper bottles. And we're also going to talk a little bit about the winter season of anime that just finished and also what we're excited for in the spring season, which has just started. You'll hear from myself, Celeste, Gabby and John Paul right after this. You're listening to Asian Pop Nation on Sin. Let's hear it for tonight's first discussion as we talk a little bit about a Chinese takeaway company that has been giving out some interesting responses to bad reviews and also about a Korean cosmetic company and some backlash that they're getting about a particular paper bottle. All right, pass me. Take it away. In recent news, a Chinese takeaway in Leeds, England, has actually gone viral after hilariously responding to some of their negative reviews online. So one review that the owner at this Chinese takeaway said she was particularly fond of was when someone ordered a vegetarian box and then complained that there was no meat and she just roasts anyone that gives them very poor reviews about their delivery time and other things like that. So it's been amusing for the internet and it's also actually gained quite a bit of support from their dedicated customers as well. But speaking of another instance of kind of questionable consumer sort of company or organization dynamics, a Korean cosmetic brand was actually forced to clarify an eco-friendly paper bottle that they had released because a customer complained about how the plastic bottle underneath the paper covering uh, is a bit deceiving. It says that, hello, I'm a paper bottle, but underneath it's plastic. So the brand kind of rushed in and acknowledged that it would the label is a bit misleading and said it was only just to explain the role of the paper label around it and overlooked that possibility that people might be misled to believe it's actually made of paper. And they also kind of added that the plastic bottle is recyclable, eco-friendly, it uses 51.8% less plastic than conventional packaging that they use. And that also the label tells customers how to separate and recycle. So but the customer who kind of complained wasn't particularly happy with that. What do you all think is this kind of labeling misleading? Is it, you know, the brand's fault? Is it the customer's fault, what's the best way to kind of go about it? Man, fundamentally, this is a moral problem, isn't it? Yeah, like, the moral dilemma. Yeah. <laughs> Who is to blame for the world's problems, the seller or the customer? Yeah. Yeah, we'll never know. Were you going to say something, Gabby? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that, given how um, everyone's... Be- I think recycling is pretty big at the moment. Like, if someone has a really wacky invention... It kind of helps with all this reduced reuse recycle thing. Like I remember when metal straws came out, then paper straws came out. Like they were all the hype, but that's because you know a paper straw is a paper straw. It's not paper, and then when you peel it, it's plastic. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, I guess this is the case with with industry. I guess it's just the wrong timing, really. Mm. I mean, I feel like if people weren't paying much attention to recycling, and they just came up with "Hello, I'm a paper bottle," and then when people peel it, it's plastic i don't think it would be that big of a deal as it is today yeah it's a little bit of both i guess one it's the consumer it's the consumers like con- the consumers are pl- are paying a lot more attention to eco-friendliness and i don't blame them at all but it's just that yeah um interesting invention just at the wrong time <laughs> yeah 
what I was going to ask is like, how is it possible to hold a liquid in a paper bottle? Like <laughs> if we think about, say, you know, when you go to get a smoothie and you get a paper straw, mm. like over the course of a couple of minutes, it's going to be soggy and it's exactly. just not going to hold. So <laughs> yeah, I wonder how they could have, could potentially do it with just paper if that's possible but wax (laughs) just waxing on the inside I wonder if they use the same thing as like as how they make paper cups I know there's that glossy lining inside that just holds the liquid Mm. but that's got chemicals in it and I think it's just not healthy but Mm. people use it anyway because apparently it's better for the environment Mm -hmm. look as someone who works in retail and hospitality I'm just like nah you're wrong (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, it does say on the label how it's made, why it's made this way. And if you didn't read it, that's on you. If you thought, hello, I'm a paper bottle, meant literally it's a paper bottle. That's on you sort Mm. of thing. Yeah, just check the label, read. The amount of people or customers I serve that don't actually read anything, such as it's card only at an outlet. Oh, yeah. And then they get super mad. It's just like, what? Like, the signs everywhere. Come on. Especially with COVID, like, it's probably kind of expected that most retailers will have just gone to card only anyway. Mm. Yeah. I'm struggling to find places to actually use cash. (laughs) It's, like, too lazy to go to the bank and deposit my money. Um, But, yeah, what about the Chinese takeaway, though? Do you think that that's a good way of gaining customers (laughs) or sort of putting customers in their place? Is that a good idea? I think with the amount of customers I deal with who complain because they haven't read, I wish I was the Chinese restaurant owner where I could just comment back that yeah. I have to like, hospitality is different. You have to be nice about it. You have to be so sorry and apologetic. Whereas I'm just want to, I want to fight this customer. And like, I've worked in a, I remember I've worked in a cafe back in Indonesia and no matter how, obviously I've dealt with so many weird customer complaints even though all I've been doing is just you know doing what I'm taught to do following this you know the standards what what my boss tells me to do and then they're just like this is wrong and I'm just they're like oh this is this is the standard of the company but okay I'm sorry I will make you a new one <laughs> I'm just like that's that's what I had but but yeah my thought on these Chinese takeaways well all I could think of is Wendy's like remember when Wendy's started roasting oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they could do it and I don't know if they made it work because they're Wendy's or it's because, you know, it's kind of an, or because everyone just loves us like savage responses and that's why they went viral. But I wouldn't be surprised if this Chinese takeaway place went viral because of their savagery. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a good way of getting customers because I'm sure if it goes viral on the internet, more people are like, what is this place? Mm. What can I how can I go there and get something? But I wonder if it also makes, because, you know, personally, when I buy something, I look at the bad reviews first <laughs> and see what they say. Like, I try and, of course, balance it between good and bad reviews. But I think mm-hmm. it's kind of nice to have the owner input, like their side of the story. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you get a bit lost in, oh, maybe it's not that good because the bad reviews kind of provide that perspective and not really hear maybe the bad reviews are wrong but yeah jp did you have anything to add i think someone should introduce her to youtube comments <laughs> the youtube comments section because i think we need someone to like place down some order and i like uh, i like this chinese takeaway woman she's cool but i guess that's the nature of the internet everyone likes a bit of a 
a lot of people like a bit of an argument <laughs> or a fight. <laughs> but if you are someone who has maybe got one of these paper bottles from Innisfree or has heard about the Chinese takeaway owner's hilarious responses to the reviews, let us know. Let us know what you think about this kind of moral dilemma on facebook.com forward slash Asian Pop Nation or on Instagram and Twitter. And if you're someone who ordered a vegetarian box and then complained that there was no meat, hit us up. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know how you dealt with that complaint. <laughs> the last song you just heard was by Gwian called Watercolor, which rolls right into our next discussion about paint. Well, not watercolor paint, but spray paint. We're talking about a street art that was vandalized by accident in Seoul. Want to know why? Well, you've come to the right place. Earlier on this year, we are talking about NGV and how we had good experiences with the triennial back, uh, was it three years? <laughs> What's the math of that? 2018 was when it happened, um, where one of the uh, exhibits happened to be interactive. It was called the Obliteration Room, I think it was, and you could use flowers, stickers to kind of just turn this whole room into just this wall of like flowers and it was such a great artwork to see from start to the end because you go from an empty sort of room to just flowers everywhere and yeah I think it was one of the more successful exhibits we've seen so far. Now there was a special artwork showing in South Korea and the way this artwork looked is it was a bunch of paint splatters on this canvas. And in front of the canvas was a bunch of paint buckets with some brushes and some like used paint tubes. And so the question I have for you all in the room, would you pick up a paintbrush and paint on that canvas? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's like the paint buckets are there and the paintbrushes are there. It just gets that expectation that you're going to. It's like encouraged. But then I guess you, know, you see a lot of graffiti artists in Melbourne and sometimes they li- leave their cans around. But I personally would not be, I guess because you, you can sort of tell maybe that this is meant to be like a cohesive art piece. I'm not sure if this one was clear, if it was just like plain paint splatters. Is that sort of what it looks like? Yeah. So if that's the case, then it's like, oh, maybe it's interactive. And then, yeah, I probably did the same thing that the couple did. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, so speaking of which, a couple in South Korea um, accidentally damaged this painting because they thought it was interactive. So I think they'd put some black paint splatters on there and they weren't supposed to. And that painting was worth a lot. It was like, I can't remember, like half a million or something. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it was a crazy amount. And they just didn't know that you weren't meant to interact with the paint. But it's just like, why would you put a punt of paint buckets in front and just like not have like a contingency plan against people might wanting to just pick up the brush and paint because I would too I mean I wouldn't because I don't touch art (laughs) it just it's so enticing it's like a red button do you push it sort of thing I feel like I'd be more enticed to do it even if I was explicitly told not (laughs) to paint on the canvas like rebellion just feels fun you know what I mean no I get yeah I get yeah it's like that like you said Celeste the red button unless it says like do not touch I probably touch it because <laughs> then if it says do not touch like the curiosity probably spikes even more but you're concerned about the consequences so yeah Gabby were you gonna mention what you do? I feel like I would actually but I feel like this is because personally it's uh, okay a it's because 
of that rebellion factor. But B, I feel like with art exhibitions and entertainment lately, like participatory entertainment and immersive entertainment, that feels like a trend. It is like a trend. A, it's becoming yeah, more of a thing. Exactly. Like when you when you think of that Kusama exhibition, like they actually encourage you to stick it everywhere because I wasn't used to that kind of exhibition. So when my friend and I went there, we're like, is there a place where we're not supposed to stick it? Are we sticking it to the <laughs> right places? And I'm just there like, look, we've stuck to rules way too often. <laughs> I forgot I forgot what, uh, what else was there, but I do remember in so many holiday attractions, I remember we there, there were obviously stuff that we could participate in with art mainly, other than, you know, I remember I had to write a message for a panda at a zoo, but that's not participatory art. <laughs> <laughs> But I see. I, I definitely see where they're, where they're coming from, especially with the what do you call it with the paint buckets over there. Because when I read it, I didn't know the paint buckets were there. That's why I thought like, oh well, okay, that's probably just I don't know where do they even get the paint from. And then <laughs> now I know. <laughs> but yeah, what actually happened to the couple though? Like, did they get fined? No, they were let off because it was an honest mistake on their okay, part. So. They weren't charged with anything. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the painting now, it doesn't look any different. <laughs> well, that's true. It's just black splotches. Yeah, it just it looks different. like yeah. it's just blended in. So maybe they added to the artwork. Maybe it costs more now. <laughs> we'll see. And I feel like Xenia, with what you said about the graffiti work in like Melbourne's alleyways, they all end up being so-called vandalized over, though. Yeah, that's what I feel like. There was this big installment for Egg Boy when it was a thing, and then I went there one month later, and his face had black paint all over it. And I'm just there, like, well, it's a public space, but okay, you do you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I thought it's interesting. Like the painting was done in 2016. How are the paint cans? Like, are they the same paint cans that the artist used, or did they replace it with fresh paint each time? Surely after like five years it would have dried up by now. Yeah. It, it in my in my in that case it was like it was spray paint and it was in like a public alleyway that was best known for graffiti. So yeah. a lot of people kind of bring their own spray paints there and do their stuff. And since this painting's been around like five years now, I wonder if this couple was new to the area and didn't know about it, or they've just been walking by it for five years and decided now is time. Uh, The artwork was from a US artist, so it would have been shipped Uh, over. uh, And I guess paint bucket-wise, I think maybe Korea was like, we just buy some paint stuff from the paint shop and put it in the front to make it look like it was used and stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes more sense. All right, fair enough. But I heard this gave more attention to the artwork now and to the exhibition. So <laughs> I suppose it did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> and when you mentioned, was it Gabby, about how it might be worth more? Or was it you, Celeste, who mentioned it probably uh, is worth more? I mentioned that, yeah. Probably yeah. worth more. <laughs> yeah, it kind of reminds me of that Banksy painting that was shredded partially. Yes. Oh, yeah. And then it ended up worth more than original. So, yeah. It might be one of those cases as well. But JP, did you have anything more you wanted to mention? Uh, I hate modern art. That's all. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> oh it's, it's just a canvas with, a, with paint all over it. I don't care for it, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> <laughs> 
So if you're interested in modern art or perhaps want to let us know what you would do if you found a bunch of paint buckets on the ground and this art piece that I guess looks like a bunch of splatters, no offence to the artists. Um, <laughs> do let us know on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Asian Pop Nation. And yeah, maybe one day this might come to Australia. <laughs> but we'll just know not to, not to touch it. Now we're going to jump into a hot debate about a new product that has been released with a particular ice cream franchise in Korea. What is this hot topic, you might ask? Well, let's find out. Do you like mint chocolate as well? Uh, the, only, uh-huh. the, only, the only mint chocolate I'll eat is mint chocolate yogurt. They have this. They have one into the supermarket. That one is really good. Ah, okay. So but I'm the only one who likes mint chocolate. <laughs> yeah. You're judging. I see that judgy face. <laughs> I mean, mint chocolate ice cream, like mint chocolate anything else, I would be fine. Like I had a mint chocolate cheesecake and I'm just there like, yeah, this is decent. And then after that, I had mint chocolate ice cream and I'm just there like, this is toothpaste. <laughs> okay. An ice cream company in Korea named Baskin Robbins. Well, honestly, Baskin Robbins is Amer- it's an American franchise and it's pretty worldwide. I'm not sure if they've got any in Australia, let alone in Melbourne, but back home in Indonesia, I grew up eating it and I was such a fan um, if you guys come across any Beskin Robins my personal suggestion would be the gold medal ribbon it's vanilla chocolate and a string of caramel yum <laughs> all right so that I do not so that I don't go off track anyway anyways the th- what's up with Korean Beskin Robins is that so mint chocolate in South Korea that's been quite the hot topic you know they've got mint chocolate flavored pasta unimaginable mint chocolate flavored chicken even more unimaginable and i heard they brought mint chocolate maltesers there i don't know if they've got mint chocolate maltesers here in australia but in that sounds good right yeah, yeah. That, that actually sounds good but now what's even what's kind of imaginable but not imaginable is now they've got mint chocolate flavored toothpaste as i've said earlier i'm not very surprised because when i taste mint chocolate ice cream i'm just there like this is toothpaste. <laughs> but yeah, they, they've released a limited edition line of mint chocolate treats in Korea, so which includes ice cream sandwiches, beverages, and cakes. But what tops it off is this mint chocolate toothpaste has even GOT7's JB and I say this with much disappointment, Vix's Ravi <laughs> rejoicing. Like, Ravi, come on, my man, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, but, so, but, yeah oh. sorry, Yami. It's okay. But anyways, um, I know now that I know Celeste likes mint chocolate, um, Zenia and JP, what are your stances towards this particular ice cream flavor and now that they're making it into a toothpaste? I, I mean, the flavor seems nice. I don't, I don't exactly remember if I've ever eaten it. Maybe I did and I just forgot. But it, it feels like some distant memory, right? But I think there's a cognitive dissonance in making this flavor a toothpaste. You know mm. what I mean? When you're brushing your teeth, you're trying to get the sugar and the sweet stuff out, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering, like, how's that going to work out psychologically? I mean, there was a reason why most kids' toothpastes are, like, fruit-flavored, like strawberry, orange. And orange oh, yeah. Really? yeah. That's true. Have you have you ever had that, Gabby? Mine, what? Like, fruit-flavored toothpaste? Oh, mine was strawberry for, like, five years. Oh, my God. Is, is that it? a thing in Australia? I can't. In some areas, yeah, you can get toothpaste with strawberry flavor. Oh. Man, I've never heard of that. Oh, and then adult toothpaste is just basic mint, okay? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the boring <laughs> <Exactly>. stuff. <laughs> yeah, but I, 
I feel the same way. I feel like I would probably enjoy mint chocolate toothpaste more than mint chocolate chocolate or ice cream. Mm-hmm. But I find that it will feel like I'm eating more because it tastes like chocolate. Because, you know, that association with mint and toothpaste is quite strong. So mm-hmm. having chocolate in it now feels like I'm eating something again. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like what's weird is also that their current brand ambassadors are, I think it's current or most recent, brand ambassadors are BTS and RM is best known for not liking mint chocolate. <laughs> so, oh, actually, I think it ended, their, um, their contract with them ended. But yeah. some of their members like mint chocolate, like J-Hope, so... J-Hope, JV, and Ravi, they've got taste. Sorry. <laughs> not, 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 not RM, so I'm safe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so last, you mint chocolate lover. I would love to hear your take on like this flavor being changed into a toothpaste. Look, I love mint chocolate ice cream. I don't think it's like toothpaste because the texture of ice cream is different to toothpaste. But I wouldn't want it as toothpaste because as I'm cleaning my teeth, I'll feel like my teeth are getting dirtier. Because of the chocolate? I don't know. Is that the same sense? Like you go brown, like those black toothpaste? Where, yeah, yeah, I don't like think the it's... The charcoal toothpaste, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think it's going to get any cleaner unless... I don't know. I need to look at the ingredients to make sure <laughs> that chocolate's just the flavouring and not real chocolate they've put in. Yeah. I've even heard that Ravi, apparently, like, I know JB is a... JB's complimented this toothpaste on Instagram yeah. as well, like, in his live. And Ravi has taken this to a next level. Yes. He remixed his song named Bum, which originally featured who's this chillin' homie and Kid Millie. Yeah. Become an anthem for all mint chocolate lovers. So let's have you listen to that song. Yeah, you know, as I was looking up this segment, that video popped up and mm-hmm. I was watching it and I loved it so much. Because they're all just like smiling with their like mint chocolate and yeah, having fun. Oh my God. <laughs> I've never seen I've never consumed so much mint, mint chocolate like as a, as much as I've been when I'm looking up this segment. So thank you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, once I get mint chocolate ice cream, I know who I'm tagging when I make a post on Instagram. <laughs> 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 All right. I wanted to ask though, what kind of flavor that isn't already a toothpaste would you want to try as toothpaste? Hmm. Like maybe an ice cream flavor. What would chicken flavored toothpaste be like? <laughs> I have thought like of that too. Chicken, in my yeah. head. Like, oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I do not. Li- uh, growing up with sweet toothpaste, I do not like imagining that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really weird. Oh Actually, god. it would be it would be counterproductive because after I brushed, it would just entice me to eat more chicken after. Right? Yeah. You know what you I mean? Brush yeah. Your teeth while you're hungry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a psychological trap. Maybe it's not a good idea. <laughs> Maybe we don't, don't, we shouldn't need toothpaste anymore. We should just be able to like, I don't know, get a mint or something and it'll clean our teeth for us. I'm not sure if that already exists. I think that does exist. Because I remember another beauty brand here in Australia. I know they've got like numerous outlets in the CBD. They've got a mouthwash, but then it's in the form of a mint. So essentially you just need to chew it until it melts and then you gargle and... Oh, never, Never tried it, but it would be very interesting. It's just really pricey. (laughs) (laughs) I see where they're coming from, though. It must be hard to make that. Because I, thought, I wonder, I heard that if you like chew chewing gum, that's kind of gives the illusion to your brain that you're eating and you don't feel hungry anymore. So I was wondering if we do that, but with like food flavors, maybe that would <laughs> kind of sort of solve the problem of feeling hungry. While well, using if you drink. remember Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Willy Wonka, the gum that you could 
Chuan and it was like eating a meal. We yeah. had that. Oh. <laughs> that was like two faces. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be that would somehow be so weird though. Like as someone who's been so used to the texture of fried chicken, having to eat a fried chicken flavored gum, I'm just there like it's not satisfying. I need the crunch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You need the crunch. <laughs> awesome. But if you want to let us know what kind of flavor you'd want for toothpaste or what you think about mint chocolate toothpaste. Can let us know. You can find Join. us at Asian Formation. Oh, sorry. Yes, Gabby. Join the debate. Yeah. <laughs> Join the internet wars over Mitch Chucker at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Asian Formation. Now, on Thursday, there is a special event coming up that happens every year. And that event is tied to sustainability and saving the environment. But how does that tie in with Asia? Well, you can find that out here on Asian Pop Nation on Sin. So today, at least at the time that this recording will be airing, Earth Day events will have kicked off and some world leaders will be coming together from now until Thursday, which is when Earth Day actually is, to talk about preventing climate change, environmental destruction under this year's theme, Restore Our Earths. So on a similar note, there has actually been news a couple of weeks ago that the sakura in Japan, Japan's cherry blossoms, have actually started blooming earlier this year since formal records began 70 years ago, with experts saying that climate change is the likely cause. And the earlier the blossoms bloom means that in most years and past years, the blossoms are actually largely gone before the first day of school and it has that nice image right of new birth the new beginnings at the beginning of school so once that is gone yeah what's what's going to happen there and also sakura is such a deep part like it, it deeply influences japanese cultures for so long now it's been used in poetry and literature and it's meant to be like a symbol for the fragility um, of life and death and rebirth so what do people think what's going to happen if japan no longer has their cherry blossoms just move well, the school days earlier, duh. <laughs> <laughs> you said earlier in the year. Yeah, right. Celeste, you were saying something? Uh, I was thinking, because they have a cherry blossom festival where they, like, come around, have a picnic under the trees and stuff. Do they, like, this year especially, do they go, oh, no, it's blooming. We better get the picnic blanket out. <laughs> get the food out. We need to celebrate sort of thing. Or Yeah. <laughs> Probably. It'll have to move sooner, I guess, to get the family together get friends together and have a picnic but yeah i what do people think is going to happen do you think it'll change a, japanese culture a lot if the sakura are gone it's gonna definitely do something to tourism that's for sure yeah because a lot of people i know a lot of my friends they've always wanted to go to japan for the sakura mainly like if i go there in winter they're like you're so close to spring why are you going to winter so, <laughs> so was, that, that's what they say like because the only times i've been to japan are in summer and all they ask me like why aren't you going to spring well i have school that's yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, I feel like it's going to take a toll on tourism. Like people are going to have to adjust their holidays and tur- not to mention tourism companies are going to have to, you know, re- redo, rejig their whole marketing strategy-, strategy because obviously this is quite a big shift, I guess. At least in my social circle, going to Japan to see Sakura seems like a big thing. And also it's interesting that you said it's influenced Japanese culture in poetry and literature when right now I think it's being brought to like pop culture as well we've got like sakura flavored food and stuff like that I just 
I'm just trying to think about th- that that cultural impact. Like this, this has taken a big turn. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I get you. I get you. It's gonna be difficult because I guess it's a bit more expensive to go in spring because of how many people want to go see the cherry blossom. Mm. But yeah, once that's gone, yeah, what are we gonna do? <laughs> what are you I mean, do? as an avid traveler, if I was in Japan and they bloomed early, I'd be ecstatic because yeah, exactly. those flights would have been cheaper. So. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to get there while it's still cheap and people yeah. haven't changed their plans yet because of <laughs> Sakura bloomed early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like you mentioned, Gabby, in pop culture, it's interesting because how, you know, you see in a lot of like anime, manga, in Japanese films, there's always that, especially high school ones, that setting of students are walking to school oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. falling down. So it'd be interesting if like, this say the sakura bloomed earlier never bloomed again in mm. the coming years like how that's going to change the pictures of like the start of school year or spring yeah Look, exactly i don't think the blossoms will never bloom because the way plants work is like they'll bloom once a year and yeah. if it's not at the right time it'll you know yeah, I don't think it'll be as bad but we'll see i guess yeah. probably in like 50, 60 years maybe, but not like next year we won't see any yeah. soccer again. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll talk about this when we all have families. <laughs> yeah. A reunion 60 years from now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> After soccer <are> going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like what other seasons are sort of famous in Japan to go there during? You mentioned winter and summer, Gabby, because that's kind of when you're free, but is there other sort of natural things to see that you can only really see during summer or winter i think my mom initially wanted to go during winter because we wanted to go to shirakawa go that's an area in japan and my mom was like oh it looks better in the snow it's famous for looking better in winter when it's snowing like that's the main reason but then for summer i don't think there's much because i only go to like the basic tourist attractions that have nothing to do with you know are they going to look different in different seasons no it's just like what harajuku it's a shopping precinct whether it's covered in snow or scorching hot (laughs) to the point where you get sunburned it's going to look the same (laughs) yeah yeah i think in summer it's mainly like the festivals that's Mm. quite cool and fireworks but not too much of the natural Mm -hmm. but even like you mentioned with the winter maybe there'll come a time where there won't be much snow so. Oh, that's going to be so sad. Yeah. JP, your trip to the northern part of Japan, <laughs> where all the snow is, might be limited time only. Oh. <laughs> you say there's no snow, but I feel like there'll be more snow. Like, they'll yeah. all just be buried in snow because it, it either gets colder or warmer, sort of, in certain regions. Mm-hmm. So, mm. yeah. I guess with climate change, it's not necessarily getting... Well, it is getting warmer, but I guess there's also a lot of just drastic changes in the environment. So there might be just like a really bad snowstorm every year. Yeah. So you're telling me the whole world is just becoming Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> Where the weather just like... Yeah. In the morning and can, 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 we, can we not jinx that, please? I don't want to go home. <laughs> I mean, I want to see snow in Melbourne, so... That would be cool, yeah. That yeah. would be nice. Snow in Melbourne is great, but the unpredictable weather is not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you want snow in Melbourne, you'll have to pay with like the blistering oven heat of the sun. So <laughs> pick carefully. Uh, <laughs> it's always going to be really extremes. 
Yeah. It's very extreme. Imagine, yeah. Yara, imagine Yara River turning into a big ice skating rink, though. Oh, Bro. that would be fun. <laughs> that would be great. This is like the monkey's paw, you know? Like, you make a wish, but there's always some, like, knockback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you are interested in Earth Day, I wanted to share your thoughts about the cherry blossoms blooming in Japan or the fact that they're blooming earlier and what that might mean for Japanese culture, let us know. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find us by searching Asian Pop Nation. Guess what time it is? Anime attack! It's anime attack! Yeah, anime! Pow, pow, pow! Anyway, (laughs) we are here to talk a little bit about the new anime season. Mm -hmm. Spring has just started. Yes. I just, I just wanted to discuss a little bit about some of the winter seasons best from last yeah, from last season and also what we're kind of excited for for this coming season and also any adaptations, Johnson, I know you said you had a few that oh, are yeah, coming yeah. up that you're mm. excited for. Yeah, what what did you watch last season, Xenia? Good question. I was on the bandwagon quite a bit. I watched mm. the Attack on Titan final season. Oh, yeah. I heard that was pretty exciting. Yeah. Mm. So I'm excited. It kind of ended. I wish it had a bit more closure. I know it's still like the middle of what the final season is going to be. But mm. I'm going to just mention out there, there's going to be some spoilers. But you pretty much know how it ends, right, JP? <laughs> kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So something I was kind of annoyed is that like there was this explosion and Levi was in the middle of it and I wasn't sure if he survived by the end of it. Oh um, no! I just like hope he did it. I mean, not did it. I mean, did <laughs> if he didn't survive, like the, he's the only character in the entire series that I actually would be devastated by. Like when uh, Sasha died. Like, oh yeah. All she cared about was potatoes. She had no death. Yeah. But I mean, like you know you you fall in love with those types of characters, you know? It's like, they're so endearing. But now mm. I mean, she had a lot head. of funny moments. Yeah. But I just felt like everything that people remembered her by was her love of food. And they're like, there's more yeah. to a person's, person's <laughs> character than just their love of food. But I guess with Sasha, that was kind of the notable thing about her. Yeah. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited to see how it ends. And I honestly don't think it's going to be a happy ending. I'm sure manga readers would know it's not. It's probably not a happy ending, but that's how it should be, I think. <laughs> well, let's see. Let's see. He has the author has said in the past that he was gonna make it a really bad ending, but after it got really popular, he's like, you know, I'm gonna change it. I'm gonna make it a. I'm gonna make it a little more positive. So okay, so like yeah, a bittersweet. I'll accept yeah, bittersweet. Yeah, I haven't read all of the ending though, but the manga did end. It yes. did end, yes. I haven't seen any spoilers, which I was kind of surprised by. I thought that once it ended, all of my Facebook feed will be filled with, like... Oh, I've seen the spoilers, and they're pretty hilarious. I'm not going to oh, tell really? you, but yeah, <laughs> they're pretty funny. I do like people with, you know, their memes. It sort of kind of hides what the spoiler is, but for people uh, who have seen it or read it... Yeah, the people like, that yeah. are in the know, yeah. Yeah. One thing I also wanted to watch that I haven't started yet was Promise Neverland Season 2. Was that, in, was that in the winter? Yeah, it was winter. Mm-hmm. But I haven't heard as good things about it compared to the first season. Oh, no. So, I'm, yeah, I'm scared. But I think I'd still watch it because I want to know what lies beyond sort of walls of the farm. Yeah, that's the curse of sequels in general, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, did you watch Wonder Egg Priority? 
Did he go I watched, through like, the whole four thing? episodes similar to you. <laughs> oh, yeah, similar to me. Yeah, I just dropped. I don't, I don't know why. You know, I really wanted to love Wonder Egg Priority, but there's something, it wasn't grabbing me, you know? Yeah. I'm not I sure think if it's it, a bit of slow sure start, maybe. Yeah. Because it's quite episodic, so mm-hmm. that kind of falls into the trap of them not really progressing the main storyline because yeah. it just feels like she goes in. You know, that's the thing, though. I'm not sure if there even was a main storyline, you know? It doesn't feel like there is I one. I thought she was trying to get her friend back. That's kind of, but, like, it felt like nothing. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. it's getting warmer. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. Oh, she, her hand. I can feel her hand. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't think... Yeah, I might watch it. I'm kind of, like, binging more American TV shows at the moment. Oh, I see. Yeah, so I've, I've got to do it one at a time or else I'm uh, not going to get any uni work done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I didn't watch any of the other kind of anticipated sequels from winter, like um, the, what's it, Cells at Work, season two? Oh, yeah, that? Cells at Work, except Cells at Work Black. Is that what they were called? I think so. Yeah. And there was season two of Beat Stars. I've heard oh yeah, really Beastars. stars. Mm, Beastars stars is very interesting. I should watch that. Doctor yeah. Stone, Stone Wars. Yeah, there's quite a lot of second seasons. It was like the season of second seasons, or just like sequel seasons. Oh yeah, it, but it my does favorite seem like that. was Harmia. Mm. Ah. Yeah, you are the type that like, it's a rom com, isn't it? Yeah, it's just yeah, rom com, cute stuff. So good. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of manga readers are kind of disappointed of how many chapters were skipped because uh, But that's the thing about Horomiya is that you just picked the chapters that have the most emotional impact or progression of the story. Uh, just kind of make sure that there's still a bit of gaps in between and then you still have this great romance. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, are you going to watch it? I should, but I haven't. It's just so I fun. haven't yet. Yeah, I will watch it soon. That's definitely in the backlog. And what's so nice about it is that it's like a high school romance, but without the miscommunications. Like, they, mm-hmm. of course, there exist miscommunications, but they resolve them. They don't yeah, that's what I noticed as well. Yeah, that's what I noticed reading the manga all those years ago. Like, these people aren't dumb. Yeah. Yeah. They know the value of communicating your feelings and insecurities to the other. And yeah, maintaining like, a stable, healthy relationship. Man, I love this. Ah, so that's why it's just, yeah, it's much nicer. Yeah. And the animation is beautiful. Mm. So, I, yeah, I'm excited. Sure. To, your, your, exci- yeah, your excitement is rubbing off on me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. the manga is also kind of wrapped up. We're just waiting for some final bonuses. Oh, it's ending already? Yeah, it's ended. Oh. I think. Oh my goodness. So much time has passed. Yeah, but... Now on to spring though. Yeah, what's it? What's happening in spring, Zenya? What are what I are you looking at? The first is for those who are big fans is My Hero Academia season five. Oh, it felt like only yesterday that it had an anime series, like its first season, and now it's yeah. fifth season. So I'm yeah, not sure if I can things... jump on the bandwagon. Well, it's a fun show. It's a fun yeah. show from what I've read and seen. I mean, I've got my little sister to watch it. She's having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So you've like watched bits and pieces and read yeah. bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah, it's very impressive in terms of animation. Very impressive, and uh, the story. Yeah, apparently it's pretty solid as well. So it's a solid shonen story. Yeah, shonen is always popular, isn't it? Yeah, it's always popular. <laughs> yeah, never, um, never fades away. 
show them. Yeah. I guess it's probably just the nature. I know a lot of people who tend to follow Shonen, but I'm mm. I'm more shoujo, so like, Oh yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Shonen, too much fighting and violence, you know. Oh, it's not even that. I love I love psychological thriller anime. Oh. Just that I don't I find that it, <laughs> I'm not sure. It's just like I, I don't think I relate too much with the whole storyline. Like, I'm gonna be the best. Yeah. And yeah. I'm gonna like fight so hard to try the, and be the best. Yeah. Life's uh, a little simpler in the shonen world. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's what I was yeah. Like, you know, like as a main character, I'm sure they go through like failures and stuff, but it's, mm. it's you just know that they're going to succeed. Like in the, the goal, the goal is clear. You know. Yeah. Yeah. There's no existential angst. Yeah, I like the existential. <laughs> it's oh almost like I don't necessarily go into watching anime to escape. Like sometimes there is mm. some fun escapism shows, but I think it's also more I want to come out of it feeling like I've learned something. Ah, and with my with like showed it, I feel like the lessons are kind of universal. Like you can watch ah. another show and it's yeah. like you should work hard to achieve your dreams. And like your friends are there to support you and your team, you know, you work better as a team or something like that. So it's true though. <laughs> it and is those, exactly. les- and those lessons are easy to forget too. So yeah. may as well just reaffirm it. But yeah, that's noble. You go into media to confront reality, huh? Yeah, but in like a yeah. in a way that's a bit digestible than having to live through it yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Speaking um, of like psychological or like confronting reality but in an interesting way is fruits basket fruits basket <laughs> the final season yes oh my goodness this is gonna be darker and sadder than the previous two i Whoa. i've read the manga now and i'm really excited for this one but it's one of those anime series where you try and like explain it to someone and it's really hard to explain it in a way that will get people to want to watch it. You've explained it to me in the past, I think at least three times, and I'm still confused to the nature of the show. It's like this girl, she was living on her own after her mother had passed away and uh, her extended family had kicked her. That's out. dark. Yeah. But she's like very, you know, she thinks positively, she wants to help people, but she finds that she's actually living in a tent in this plot of land that belongs to this family called the Soma family. Uh-huh. And they live in this house on the land and they have a secret that if you hug or embrace someone of the opposite gender, they turn into an animal of the zodiac. What? So she's living with the dog, cat and rat in the family <laughs> after they take her kind of in. And it's like, that's, that's a stupid premise. Like, why is it so good? <laughs> it seems like just this weird slice of life show. But it's uh-huh. kind of dealing with like they use the zodiac animal transformations and the kind of connections that they have to each other as um, a metaphor for how people tend to be ostracized Uh um, from their families from their friends and yeah it's also how these different people have to struggle with their insecurities and doubts about themselves which is interesting It's an interesting way of talking about it. And I think the final season is really going to reach that climax of people confronting their fears and finally moving on. What was interesting about this entire run, though, Fruits Basket, is that when I've asked my, like, some Japanese friends, when they asked me, like, oh, what are you, 
anime you're watching. I tell them mm-hmm. watching Bruce Basket. They have no clue what that is. Really? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. And I find that it's really a series that's just been popular overseas in the West. Mm. So there's really no reason why they have to make this anime series. Like, is it yeah, just to yeah. appeal to the West? It feels kind of weird because normally anime is made first with Most, a Japanese Yes, mostly for Japanese. Yeah. The West. And it's like, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's how it is. The market's just getting more global. Yeah. Can't help it. Yeah. And also a lot of the opening and ending songs are sung by bands or artists that have a mixed heritage. So they're both Japanese oh. or you know, American, Canadian, or mm-hmm. they're from originally the West, but have moved to Japan and are fluent in Japanese. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so all the, the music is just incredible. But that's my rant. What do you, do you want to share your full that? Let you, me have a look. What you're excited for? I'm, I'm scrolling through the chart right now, and I've spotted some really strange adaptations. Yeah. There's this one movie that's coming out in the spring called... Uh, I don't know how to say this in Japanese. 100 Nichikan Ikitawani. This is a movie and it's an adaptation of a comic about this crocodile. Like he's, he's a cartoon crocodile. He kind of just lives life, right? And the whole premise is that in 100 days, he's going to die. That's it. too happy to be that kind of... That's the thing, right? <laughs> kind of and like, like, here's the crazy thing, right? Um, the author of this comic, right? He released one comic every day for 100 days. And every day people were going like, how is he going to die? How is he going to die? And like at the start, right? He's this kind of lonesome guy. But yeah. over time he starts making friends and he becomes more sociable, gets more fit. And people are just wondering like, how is he going to die? How is he going to die? I guess we'll find out. Yeah. I read all of it. And uh, I'm not going to say anything. spoil how he dies? I, just up to anyone. Spoiler not, alert. If you want yeah, to spoiler. Watch, plug your ears. Yeah. I'm... Actually, no, straight up. I'm not going to say anything. Okay. okay. But I'll, I'll just okay. tell you, uh, it's life. It's, it's about just how life, that's how life goes, you know? Okay. That's, that's, <laughs> I have not answered any questions. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll um, take it. Yeah. Other adaptations I'm looking at. Oh, The Way of the House Husband yes, uh, is getting an adaptation. Yeah. Do you know that manga? Do you know what it's yeah, about? I think you told me about it. Yeah, it's yeah, about it's like a Yakuza member. Or something. Yeah, hardened veteran mafia, like Japanese Yakuza dude with a big scar across his eye, right? Really fearsome guy. But the whole story is basically about him being a house husband. That's it. <laughs> I so, really like, like those shows that are sort of like a clash of worlds. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, he's so scary, but he makes really good food, you know? <laughs> Like I think he's a good if, house husband. Yeah, he's a good house husband. Like if you look at the cover, there's his face. You have a scary face. Yeah. Then you have him holding this bento he cooked. It looks really cute. It's like in a round yellow container, and, and there's like rice. Faces. Yeah, the rice balls have like cute bunny faces on it. Yeah, it's great. Great manga. I haven't watched the adaptation yet, so I'm gonna look into that very soon. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. what to look forward to. That's yeah, yeah. And I think among the most popular adaptations, um, this show called Please Don't Bully Me, Nagatoro-san. I haven't heard of this. Do you know much about it? The story's so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's about this guy who gets bullied by his kohai, like his lower, like I think he's a year older than this girl, but she just manages to tease him all the time. And it's basically about him getting 
yeah, just getting bullied by this cute girl. <laughs> That's okay. it. Okay, so she yeah. just kind of teases him a lot. Yeah, just teases and him like and bullies a- him a lot. Yeah. Okay, the bully in a in like a mean sense or just like for laughs and giggles. It's it's on the border. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> there's a, like there's it's not a, something he really laughs at afterwards does he take it well <laughs> I, i'm not really sure <laughs> it's hard to tell with these characters you know um, it's a romance so maybe i'll watch it yeah it's, it's a it's a strange rom-com they basically i think they secretly kind of like each other but they won't admit it um, yeah but so yeah that's it she just bullies him yeah okay no, that sounds like fun but you know like yeah. most high school kind of shows it tends to be <laughs> yeah yeah so like, boys really? boys if you're into that kind of thing uh yeah <laughs> go watch it <laughs> oh actually there was one show yes. that caught my interest because of its connection to actual history um this anime called yasuke that would be air this it? Yeah, it's coming out this season, like 12 days on Netflix. Yasuke. Do you know the story about Yasuke? Yasuke. No. Yeah. In real life, Yasuke was an African samurai. Ooh. Yeah, so it was really interesting. I think back when the slave trade was still a thing, this Dutch trader, he brought along the slave, right? And he met up with like <laughs> one of the like key warlords at the time. And Oda Nobunaga saw the guy and he basically went like, wow, this dude is really big and tall. I want him to be my soldier. <laughs> and that's basically um, the whole story. But Yasuke, this anime, it kind of, they kind of take on a magical fantasy route, like historical Japan, except there's magic and big robots for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting. Um, I'll be looking out for that when it comes out. Awesome. Bye. Mm. That that sounds like fun. I do find the historical anime really fascinating, especially yeah. ones that deal with like Shintoism or just like the history of Japan in a different yeah. era. I'd say, unfortunately, though, this is very magical. Like, there's basically uh, no yeah. I was I was wanting like a solid historical story, but this seems to be like just fancy, you know, fancy boom. Okay, that's all right. Yeah. We'll accept what we can get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if you want to tell us about what anime series that you enjoy from the winter season or which ones that you are looking forward to watch during spring, I think we're a few, few episodes into spring already. So you might yep. have already decided which ones you're going to stick with and which ones you're going to drop. So let us know. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find us by searching up Asian Nation. And you've reached the end of our show tonight here at Asian Pop Nation. It's the first show of our second season. Woo! Round of applause. If you enjoyed our show or if you want to tell us a little bit about what you thought, any feedback, questions, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us by going to facebook.com forward slash Asian Pop Nation or also on Twitter and Instagram because you'll find us there as well or if you have song requests you can send those through to us as well and you can also find our past shows on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, you name it we have got podcast versions of all of our discussions up on there as well but thanks for listening to myself celeste gabby and john paul and tune in again next week to hear about some more asian pop culture and music banter thanks for listening Tune in again next week. This is Senya signing off. <laughs>